0: comes cave party
1: I can't tell you how excited I am today because we got a Chicago radio legend in the house. Uh, He pretty much built the score to be what it is today. It's an honor and a privilege to have you in studio. Let's give it up for Mike North. I-
0: hey, what's going on, fellas? It's great to see you guys, too, Stu. It's great. to. I was out at your place, Club 400, out there in Lake of the Hills, which is basically down the street from everybody and here at Huntley and stuff like that with the Kyle Schwarber thing. You had a ton of people there. Jesse Rogers was there. My buddy signed his book. I hadn't seen Jesse for a while. Stay. He stayed there all night. He had a nice question and answer thing with Kyle Schwarber. So you did a lot of good things for the Huntley Fire and Police Department. So I commend you, and it's great to be on.
2: Little surreal that it was in the middle of a neighborhood. And, and yeah, the it's suburbs, so cool.
0: It? It's so cool because you know you just you're just driving up, and I had just moved to, to Huntley about four months ago, and then I heard about this Lake and Hills. Well, what I don't know about here is that most of the uh places towns are like ten minutes from each other, and uh it doesn't take my five to ten minutes to get to to Stu's house. And we went there, and here it is in the middle of nowhere, not in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a neighborhood filled with houses. And you have tents set up, and you have beer, and you have the basement. Uh, you just a tremendous thing that you did, and uh, continued success with that. Now you got the radio thing going.
1: Oh, that's awesome! And one of these days, uh, we want to have a Mike uh, Mike North party at the house Ooh. and uh, celebrate your career, man. That uh, would be I,
0: good. <laughs> we will We have to do that. Uh, you know, I think you got a lot of other guys. though. you got so many good Cubs. That I mean, Schwarber to me, it was great to come out there. And you know, I I'd be happy to do anything for you guys because you guys. Uh, you get it, and you know what was impressive? The crowd, and you sold all your tickets, and, right. you know, you stayed, I mean, the neighborhood was rocking at midnight. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm
2: that sure
0: was... your neighbors love you sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure not all of them love, I'm sure most of them you, understand.
2: He is wise, and he invites all of them to the party. Well, it's, yeah, uh, why not? Yeah. And
0: they know it's going to be there anyway, right. so we might as well, they may, we might yeah, as well come. It, embrace it, Embrace it and have a good time.
1: Yeah, we started, car, uh, you know, basically a carpool, not, a, well, not a, we do, we always had a carpool system in place, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, we started parking cars and uh, having transported by bus. So I think that helped out a little bit this year.
0: So. Yeah, you did a great job. It was a lot of fun. And then you had your cubs out there because I know you're a ball washing cub fan, which is no <laughs> doubt about it. You know. Without like, a doubt. So you're not? <laughs> well i j I'm happy listen, they I, I wanna see them win. I see that you know, as of and Quintana's getting beat up a little bit. I think that uh, Bodie hit that grand slam the other night, and he's going to be like the new David Ross. He's going to be the mascot of the Cubs this year. The only problem is we don't have Arietta and I think uh, I said it at the time, I think that was going to be a problem. Hugh Darvish is still on the shelf. He pitched today on a little short stint. But I just, you know, there's something about him. I, I Bryant's had issues. Rizzo and Bryant don't hit together. You see Marcakis and Freeman for Atlanta. Every day I watch them, two for four, three for four. Both of them. Matthews and Aaron, three and four, used to hit every day. Mandela Mears used to hit every day. Bryant and Rizzo, when they're together, they don't hit together. So that's why I think they split them in nine. But now you got Bryant hurting a little bit. So hopefully he'll be able to come back because I don't think David Bodie is the the long-term plan.
1: Right. I think, you know. Enjoy that moment, but, you know, I think David, It was a huge moment, Yeah, though. it was unbelievable. Theo just said that uh, he got more texts after that hit than he did after some World Series victories, you know. T- so.
0: Theo says, I, I I was playing the situation in my mind, and every time I replayed it, I did what I usually do. You know, I hit a ground ball. I didn't know Theo played uh, in the major leagues. It was Theo, <laughs> But Theo must have—in or in the little league, he must have done that. But right. he's right. That's what you expect, a strikeout or you expect a ground ball. And instead, he hit that home run off a pretty tough pitch, too.
2: Yeah, you know. so you've had uh, quite a distinguished career in yeah. Chicago sports. Who have been some of the the characters that you've met with? And well, the great to guys.
0: Them? I mean, great guys. Jeremy Roenick was one of the greatest guys I've ever met. Jeremy Roenick was a guy that uh, I had a hot dog eating contest out at uh, Maywood Racetrack, and Jeremy Roenick agreed to be a judge. And I did my show from out there for the score back in the day. And the night before, Jeremy Roenick broke his leg playing for the Hawks. Mm. So, I, you know, the next day I'm going to be, well, we're going to go out there and get a lot of hot dog stands. It was on the thoroughfare of the place. It was called Top Dog, uh, and it was brought to us by the score. This one, we used to do all sorts of crazy things. And I hear a, mo- a motorcycle comes driving up, and it's Jeremy Roenick with his leg in a cast. Oh he showed God. up the on day after on the motorcycle, <laughs> nice. leg up, driving. The day after breaking his leg to fulfill a commitment that he made to me, there's nothing I'm writing. So he's one of the guys. Chris Zorch was another guy that was a heck of a character. Didn't mind being criticized. Uh, We also, I I raced him in a 40-yard dash on Cicero Avenue. He blew me away. The first three (laughs) steps of a defensive lineman are unbelievable. Michael Jordan, a great character. Rodman's the wildest character I ever hung out with. Uh, I would hang with him at Gibson's. Just so many different memories. I was very honored and very... uh, to Be doing it for a long, long time and to get to know these guys. Walter Payton was my buddy. Um, he was a jokester himself, except he didn't like when you pulled jokes on him. No, mm-hmm. like he would get you know, one day we, he, he had his car parked in a lot in Schomburg. We were doing a show, the show uh, from Vinny's in Schaumburg. It was an Italian restaurant, I don't know if it's still there. And my buddy took his license plates off WP 34. And he just walked by while we were on the air. And Walter goes, hey, what are you doing with my license plates right while we're on the air? <laughs> so he didn't like when he played jokes on him. And there was another time where Walter and I and Jiggets, Dan Jiggets, hosted the score golf outing. And I had six of my buddies come in a white van and opened the van. Two stepped out in Sayers jerseys, two stepped out in Emmett Smith's jerseys, and two stepped up out in Barry Sanders jerseys, no Peyton jerseys. He was hot. He had <laughs> talked to me for three hours. So that's just some of the fun you have. You know, you get to know these guys, they're just like everybody else. They really are like Schwarber. Schwarber was like everybody else. He wanted to stay at your place, right? Right, right,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exact. How about Harry Carey? I Any mean, great stories about him? Great, Carey. Yeah.
0: Carey goes, "Hey, I, 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 I tell you, you know, you're just like me. You're a high school dropout." I run. I go, <laughs> "Yes." I go, "You were high school dropout." I, I, I used to sleep overnight in the church. I was an orphan. I go, "Get out of here." He goes, "No, you and no, I. I like you." Yeah. He did my show twice uh, on CBS Hollywood Casino. He loved BB. Loved me. We had a great time. He liked the fact that I didn't uh, sugarcoat anything because he sure as hell didn't sugarcoat anything, which is hard to do in a broadcast. He was a character. There's no characters. When you think characters now in radio or TV or in sports radio or sports TV, I mean, who's a character on national TV now? Nobody. I mean, A-Rod. I mean, uh, Jessica Mendoza. I mean, uh, this is the people. Joe Buck. I mean, they're all like cardboard cutouts, and I, 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 there's no, there's no place for me. <laughs> uh, speaking of
2: characters, I see you're uh, you're wearing the vaunted Chicago Bears shirt. It says vaunted on the. Back. It says vaunted. Yeah, yes, vaunted.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly, uh, my
2: friend. The '85 Bears uh, had a team of characters. Did you get to know any? I know,
0: I knew Ditka as good as anybody. I mean, Ditka's unbelievable. He's a legend. Anyway, grew up rooting for the guy in '63. I went to the game the 63 championship, I was 10 years old, went with my uncle, I'm 10 years old watching this guy Ditka, I'm freezing, it was like the coldest day in my life, I still can't believe how cold my feet were, we're sitting in the upper deck, right field line, um, overlooking the end zone, they used to go towards Waveland, this way, and uh, I'm watching Ditka, and then in 92 I'm hosting the show with Ditka. How weird is that? Thirty years later, I'm sitting there next to the guy, and he looks the same almost. You know, he's got time. All he's missing is the crew cut. Uh, but Ditka was Ditka was my guy. I mean, it, it, I think when it comes to and and a legend, and a party man could yeah. party with anybody. Right. And uh, I I I just had the most. I, I, I have he brought a world a world championship, Jimbo Culvert, that he's not in the Hall of Fame. He's the only. There's. Look, there's a bear from the all-50s decade team, Joe Fortunato, who just passed away. He made the all-decade team. He's the only person from the 50s on the all-decade team that mm, didn't make that it. Maybe. And covert's the same way. In the meantime, we got to get Brian Urlacher in on the first ballot, right. which, by the way, I'll just say this to everybody out there, he wasn't a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Nobody even brought it up because they're so politically correct. He was, Buffon told me he couldn't play the position the first two, three years. Barry Minter played middle linebacker the first year or two. Yeah. So he had about six, seven good years, but he was no first-ballot guy, I don't think. I think, uh, you know, there's other guys. That, Terrell Owens makes it in the 15th year, and Brian Urlacher makes it in the first year. <laughs> right. What's wrong with this picture? Right. You know? We
1: had uh, uh, Jimmy McMahon out the other day. A How was ago. that? Oh, it was great. He's a riot. Yeah. He? he looks good. Oh, he looks real good, yeah. and he, Is yeah, he, he coherent?
0: He was? Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, he was playing nice. a cocaine concussion game for a while, but yeah. Jimmy, nobody could to believe that. <laughs> I couldn't tell if he had a concussion when I hung with you. I mean, you know, he's he's a great guy. He loved me from the day I told off McCaskey in April. Right, night. Yeah. Loved me. Loved me. We know. We. I went to a, a think events with them. I went to the Tahoe event. I hung out with them there with uh, with Michael Jordan and them. He was a great guy, and and he looks good when he when he was involved in the concussion thing. Now he's with medical marijuana. Yeah, yeah, something right. more in his field. <laughs> I would trust.
2: And no shoes still. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, still
0: plays golf with no shoes. Right. Hey, the guy, the guy was crazy and, and stuff like that, but you know, trying to. I I always saw. See, he got in a collision in a car accident and he hit his head and windshield. So there was a lot of other things. Once you go in and you put in for concussion protocol with the NFL, what they do is if you want money, they're going to start investigating other things that happened in your life. Okay. So then they start saying, what do you, did you drink a lot? Did you ever get in a car accident? You know, that stuff. And So now I'm glad I haven't heard his name up for a while. Maybe he's on, the, uh, on a list, but uh, I wasn't buying it. Jimmy's a pretty <laughs> smart guy. Did he have any trouble talking with these quiet still?
1: No, he did a good Q and A. Yeah. You know? no, he was, wow. he, he was, was he spoke he was to with the fans it. for about an hour. I yeah. think he
0: wishes he was more like that then. Yeah. Mm. He was right. sort of aloof back then. Right,
1: right. Jimmy
0: was a tough guy to know. I mean, I got I was fortunate. I he hung we hung together more than a few times and I could talk to him, but he was a tough guy to talk to.
2: Yeah.
0: Really quiet. He's there, there, punk
1: oh, punky Yeah, Punky QE. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Were,
0: were there other guys that were a tough interview or <sighs> Man, Mark Carrier? He, wanted to, he told me he'd like to grab me behind a bowling alley. I go, does it have to be behind a bowling alley? I like bowling. Can't you take me out of I, I hate car shops. Beat me, that's more Chicago. Beat me up behind a car shop. Then there was Trace Armstrong, who said, you know what? He's on the... I heard you criticizing me the other day. I said, I'd like to come down there and get a hold of you. I go, I'd just get a blocker. You'll never touch me. So uh, just, just, just stuff like that, but... Those guys, they fought back a little bit. Now there's nobody to really challenge guys, I don't think, on sports radio, like we used to. I mean, we used to. If you sucked, you were told you sucked right on the air. Right. And that's the way we made our mark. We didn't sugarcoat anything. So, you know, in an era where, like a few years back, I never Joe Madden took more heat than Robin Ventura. Yeah. Because the, 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 the media works for Reinsdorf and works for the teams, and it's, it's tough for them. They don't want to get their walking papers if they're a little tough on certain teams or on certain people.
1: How about Ozzy again? you think he'll ever get a job back in the major leagues again, or no?
0: He's pretty- I'll tell you what they should do. When I told yeah. Reinsdorf this, and I told him we'd break records, and me and Ozzy should do a White Sox game. That would be awesome. I'll do the play-by-play. And <laughs> hey, do this, I might him. actually watch the game. The <laughs> man got to catch the ball and he dropped the ball, North. <laughs> I know he did. Two and two. <laughs> he dropped the ball. Yeah, the ball went and he should have had the ball. Ball three, strike two. Ozzie, how about that? I know. You know, it would have been great, and, and, and maybe someday they'll wake up and actually want people to watch them. Yeah. Because they don't have the announcing team. with the Ozzie again is was a great manager, but he's. You know what? He should be allowed back in, but I think the Miami thing really screwed him with the Cuban flag and right. all that other stuff. Yeah. But what he did with the White Sox, it wasn't Kenny Williams; it was Ozzy Gian, I think. Right? Because Kenny Williams only got one. He's only got one.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, one hit wonder. Oh, I mean, man. you know, Brandy, Looking Glass. You <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, really, Don't they blame. never. Hey, <laughs> Brandy, Kenny. <laughs> you know, that's a Looking Glass, Kenny. One, Brandy and Kenny. That's it. <laughs>
2: they're, they're one and the same. One and the
0: same. One hit wonders, baby. Theo's not a one hit wonder. Feels no, a legend. Feels no. like the Stones. Right. You know? So, I'll put out some hits. Right. Are you watching more Cubs these days yeah. than the White Sox? Yeah. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, yeah, right. If I bet the White Sox do, I'll watch him. It's painful. Uh, the Moncada trade's the worst ever in history. It's replaced the Brock Berolio trade. We traded through. We got four guys that can't play for Chris Sale. I mean, that. I mean, Theo wouldn't have done it. I tell people all the time that Chris Sale would have been on the White Sox instead of, uh, you know, and he came to the Cubs, he'd never trade Chris Sale. For those guys, no way. So, once again, um, it's painful. It really, really is. I think Theo's a legend, and I think Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn are just goofs.
1: I really do. Do you you ever get out to uh, Comiskey? I'm I'm not not allowed
0: in anymore. I (laughs) believe they have uh, people (laughs) at the door. And I'm afraid to walk in. They'll (laughs) tell the vendors to take their time. Hey, he's dying up there. He needs a he needs a beer. Come down from the second deck. We'll be down with you in a half an hour. Reinsdorf is pegging you. No, I'm not a fan of the way they run their club. Okay. Uh, but I love the I mean, I love the way I grew up loving them. They were a the dominant franchise in the 50s and 60s and and, and 70s. Rick Richie Allen in '72 was the MVP, hitting homers. Got a great Richie Allen story. So I'm in the restaurant business back in the day, and I meet this Spanish health inspector. Man, I go, you look familiar. It's like 1986, 87. He goes, well, I've been working 25, 30 years. That was a very bad Spanish accent. I just wanted to tell oh, you. <laughs> it's all right. Sold uh, me. It was horrible. No, I, I just did Ozzy, sauce. So I was oh, trying to right. be a little yeah, bit right. distinct. Um, but he comes in, he checks my stuff, and I'm talking to him, trying to, away, you know, waving down, waving a $100 bill around. Hey, it's all good. And. I said, you look familiar, and he had a straw hat on. He goes, well, maybe you saw me at Comiskey Park back in the day. I was the interpreter for the Spanish ballplayers. I go, who? He goes, Francisco Berrios in the 70s. I go, I remember you. And he says, yeah. He goes, I was in the dugout a lot, and I would talk. Uh, Chuck Tanner would be the manager. And he says, I'd talk to uh, Francisco Berrios, Saya Costa, you know, the, the Spanish ballplayers. And, you know, they had to have an interpreter. Well, they had a night game one night. The games, I think, used to start at, I think, 7.30. And they couldn't find Richie Allen. I loved Richie Allen. Richie Allen, boom, he hit the ball, built like a brick. I mean, the guy could run the bases, did it all. But at times, he just didn't care. And they couldn't find him. And Chuck Tanner goes, where do you think he's at? He goes, well, he could be at a couple places. He goes to the Hickory Pit on Halstead and 28th Street. Nice rib joint back in the day. We did remote. Richie Allen's in there drinking whiskey out of teacups. He goes, Richie, what are you doing? We got to get going. The ball game. Blah, 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 blah. Can barely walk. Barely walk. It's, they get in the car. He drives them. They get to the park. It's like the second inning. <laughs> the game's already started. So he gets in his uniform, comes into the dugout. Now, Tanner always played special privileges for Richie Allen. Took him inside. He smelled like booze, the whole thing. Ninth inning comes. He's in his uniform. He's pinch hitting. He's in the dugout area, swirling. He's like you know how they used to kneel. He could barely keep it. The bat slipping. Comes up. Second pitch hits the ball 400 feet off the scoreboard. <laughs> Completely blind. He says he aimed for the middle ball. That's I mean, impressive. and this guy tells me the story. I go, you got and and the legend. He was the guy that was on Sports Illustrated, juggling baseballs so with a cigarette dangling out his mouth. They don't have that anymore. No, they don't. I mean, if Bryce Harper waves his hair, everybody, wow! <laughs> all right. You know, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we used to have all sorts. of. Bill Fall used to pitch for the Cubs. A hip, He used to hypnotize himself and we're number 13. Who does that now? <laughs> Mark Friedrich used to talk to the right. mound. Nobody. They'd be committed. Right. So it's crazy. But those are that, that Richie Allen story and. I get, I get a lot, I used to get a lot of great stories and 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 the ball players always got great stories. They really do. Hawk Harrelson was gonna be, I mean, seventy five years in the booth, I think. I don't know how old Hawk is now. But these guys are all great guys. They really are.
2: Yeah. Hawk I, Oh, go, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well.
0: Oh. The passion
2: isn't there like it used to be either. Um one of the uh shows I just absolutely loved after Bears game, and I'm not even a Bears fan, was Buffon and Obradovich.
0: Yeah, well, you can't uh, replace uh, those two guys.
2: Those They were the best. They, you, were, they were great when the Bears won, and they were way better when they lost.
0: Right. Uh, you can't replace guys like that. Um, they should have been paid probably a whole lot more than they got paid. They were a signature show, which is hard to get on a weekend in radio. You guys know that. I mean, it just doesn't happen a whole lot. Doug was my dear friend. Um, so was OB. Uh, Obradovich was, I mean, just he still is. His hands are like monsters. I mean, he put his hand on my shoulder and just engulfed it like a grizzly. So, you will never have a show like that. Um, where they didn't care if they were former Bears, they didn't. You, if you're gonna stink, you're hearing about it. Doug told me about a quarterback, Doug was so good on talent, he told me, Hey, buddy. There's this one guy, he's really good. I, I'll tell you, you're going to love this guy. He's out of Eastern Illinois. I go, what's his name? Oh, uh, you'll hear about him. His name's Tony Romo. I go, really? Okay, I'll watch him. Tony Romo. He called Tony Romo. He called Mike Allstott. I'd, when he was at Jolie, I go, this guy's going to be unbelievable. He used to know talent. And he was a tough son of a gun, and and you know a great a group of linebackers out of Louisville: Doug Buffone, Otis Wilson, Tom Jackson. That was linebacker. You they talk about linebackers. That was a pretty good school for linebackers. And Doug is just one of the great. I when he that that took a part of my soul when he died because, me and him were such good friends, um, and we were the wise guys. We made we made some money off and on the radio, and uh, he was just as happy as a lark when he was working. And nobody prepared more than Doug. Nobody.
1: I, mean, I remember leaving Bears games and it was almost more entertaining when the Bears lost. And the I was gonna ask you too, what do you I, I'm under the thinking that the Bears I, I just I'm not a big fan of McCaskeys. I'm not either and uh you know, I just seems like the last five three or four head coaches they had, I wasn't even interested in the Bears, you know. It's no, hard, it's no, hard to be, you know. It is
0: and it still is gonna be hard to be. I think they're in trouble still. I just think that uh, Nagy is too green. I think that uh Fox did his best last year with what a semi-pro football team. You have a quarterback that everybody's predicting stardom to, and I don't see it. I think he'll be very good, but I don't think he's going to be any knockdown guy. I don't think he was worth trading two, three guys for to move up one spot. I think Ryan Pace got fleeced in that deal. I'm with a new group called BearBarroom.com, and people will be able to check that out. Um, I'm a, I'm a partner there now, so we're doing a lot of bear content, so you can check out. And I'll be on. I'll be having a show every Friday. And I'm going to be telling people the truth about the Bears because you don't hear it. You don't hear the truth about the Bears. No. The Bears are in big trouble. They have four receivers that have a total. Of the four receivers, of 325 plays. 325 plays as a group. And Allen Robinson had 60, 70 catches the year before, but he blew out a tire last year. So he had one. So I don't know where everybody's got this hope because you got Green Bay, Detroit, and Minnesota who all improved. All improved, Stu, So it's going to be tough for them. It is. I don't think they're going to win for five, six years at least.
1: I agree. You know, I have season tickets, and I went to
0: you, one, poor man. Well, I know. One, I have remorse, but they were handed down, right?
1: Uh no, not the. You, you know, actually volunteered. I actually put my list when I was on a cut co- when when I was in when college. you were nine. And when they started stinking, then, you know, they finally called my name. So I was like, oh, I better get them while I
0: can. Hey, we you know? sucks, dude. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, now the like guy the price is right. Wide open. Now I'm row number 36 <laughs> in the 400 level, you yeah. know. It's, they're terrible. Yeah, but, yeah and uh, you're looking yeah. and, you look and go, what? What? I went up to the Miller deck. I went to that stadium one time. First of all, it's the hardest stadium to get to in the National Football League. If you don't have a car and you got to get a cab, you got to walk to Michigan Avenue.
1: Yeah.
0: I went to the Miller light that, deck at the time the first game green bay and it was so high i can't really see as good as i used to i'd see far throw and i wouldn't see the ball and i'd see the other guy you know but i couldn't see the ball so i'd see the 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 motion but the ball was brown and it graded with the grass and i was 600 stories up and i'd see the catch it was great i watched the whole game like that thank god they have the big screen up there the stadium is the flintstones meet the jetsons if they put yeah. like a modern yeah. stadium inside the Roman Coliseum. It's a mess. I wouldn't go there. You, you got to go there all the time.
1: Uh, no, I've been giving away my tickets, you know. So,
0: a big bear fan, pays pays through the nose, and doesn't even go and well. watches the package at all, right?
1: <laughs> well, that's a better. That's way what to watch killed him.
0: The, the package. Yeah, the package killed him. I yeah. got the NFL package. The red zone. I got everything. Yeah. I go. Let's go to Cleveland. Let's go to Seattle. Let's go to New York. Why would I sit on the 10-yard line of the Bear game with with millions of people around? You can't find a vendor, and you have to take a leak. All right. right. That's terrible. Do it in your own I, home. I'm really not exactly a PR man for the Bears, am I? <laughs> I haven't done a good job selling them.
1: Have you been down to Wrigley since some of the renovations have been? One place? time, but yeah. I
0: didn't go during the season. Okay. See, I'm look, I sold... I sold Cokes at Wrigley in sixty nine seventy. I made a bucket case, 25. yeah, had 20 Cokes at a quarter, a case. I made for double headers 40 bucks. I'd sell 40 cases during, it was 90 degrees, 68, 69, greatest time of my life. But you could have bought the buildings around the stadium, guys, with the change in your pocket. You know what I'm saying? we got to go here. I want that building there, right by the firehouse. Well, What are you going to do with it? Look at it. It's a dump. You know, now look at it. Right. And, and so I hadn't been down for a while. So I'm driving down Clark during the winter, and I get to Addison. I thought I took a wrong turn. I thought I took a wrong turn, and then I saw the ballpark. I go, oh, my God. Can you imagine? Ricketts has done such a wonderful job. He stays out of it. He just spends money and makes things great around there doesn't get involved with the team. You never hear Ricketts goes down the locker room to demand why Rizzle <laughs> said something. You why know, he's you leading never, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why are they, they, You never hear a word. They just right. do their job. They spend money. Right. And I, I think it's fantastic what they've done down there because that used to be a bad area, 60s and 70s. Heavily, uh, 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 it was a crime area back then. But if you start, that's why, it's another reason there wasn't a lot of night games. There wasn't night games then. Because that neighborhood at one time was as dangerous as 35th and Shields, believe it or not. Mm. It was. But now, Christ, are you kidding me? It's like Disney. I'm waiting for the Ferris wheel to put in. Put <laughs> in a Ferris wheel to tilt the world. I'm uh, good. And
1: they're getting there. They're oh, the- my
0: God. I'm surprised they don't have a slide that you can take from the top of the scoreboard <laughs> into, like to behind the screen. You can just slide down. Yay! As the game's going on below. It's turned into a carnival.
1: Now they got a movie theater there, a bowling alley opening up next year. I think yeah, they got a bunch, of mall. The little mall is going to be in there. Yeah. Beautiful
2: hotel right across the street. I know. With the view of the. And, whole-
0: and then people go, they're ruining the character of the neighborhood. Thank God, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank God, they're ruining the character of the neighborhood. This neighborhood, it's a great neighborhood. I'm proud to say, I proud that neighborhood. I drank for forty years, started when I was fourteen, when when I was fifty four. I drank in every bar in Chicago, I think. And I'll tell you what, I spent a lot of time down there at Sluggers with Steve Shavitz and with Murphy at Murphy's Bleacher, the real Murph, right. um, his family. I had a time of my life, man, and, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was a hell of a place to hang out at. And, and back in the day, in the 70s and 80s, the women were all over the place. I say as they are now, probably. But it's just a different crowd now. You know? How about right.
1: those remotes you guys did back in the day oh. in Vegas? When you guys went oh, out I them. went every... Uh, yeah.
0: We almost got thrown out of the MGM because of me because they put me in the horse racing parlor. I go to Gleason, I go, it's NCAA day. He goes, yeah, I know. I go, where's the games? He goes, well, they had to put us in the horse race. I go, wait a minute. I can't do a, a show. So I'm making a big deal of it. And I go on the radio. And I go, this MGM... I don't know what kind of guy's running this show, but I'm going to tell you something. To me, if you put me in a horse racing parlor and you know we're coming for the basketball game, how bright can you be? I swear to God, there was a guy 6'4", looking at me in front of me with a cigarette. I go, I bet you're the guy. And he looked at me <laughs> like this. And he shook his head. But then I put him on during after the break. I go, come on with us. He loved us after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took care of us and everything. But we almost got thrown out with our very first remote. We used to go to Caesars. We did it from all over. They don't do that stuff anymore. We, I had to be on site, man. It was great. They have the crowd yelling behind you. You're with Jiggets. I remember Jiggets lost a buck in the slot machine. He cried for two days. <laughs> yeah, Dan had his first communion money still. So he, uh, Mike, can I go anywhere to get my dollar back? I go, no, take out a loan. (laughs) Come on. It was some good times.
1: Those are the classic days of radio.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? I don't know if they're doing it, and I don't listen a whole lot anymore, but I do know this. We had to do – we tried everything. I had some crazy – I did some crazy stuff. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have social media. So, you know, you had to get in the papers. And feeder. I was in feeder a lot, sometimes for good things, sometimes for (laughs) not good things. But it all worked out, and you know what? I think if you're going to be like every, if you're going to be cookie cutter, you're not making no money. You got to be different, and if you're different, you're going to have to take the arrows, you know, <laughs> you know, take take the hits, but also you make you generate the interest, make the money. They didn't like what I did until they got the ratings, mm-hmm. and you're in the rating business, Billy, you especially The score of the first year. We were daytime only. was Tom share. Jiggetson, and North, McNeil and Boris, and then Murph was on the weekends. That's a guy that's a great Cub fan, yeah. uh, and he helped me get my start. And what would happen is nobody gave us a shot. Nobody gave us a shot at all, and I always thought we could make it, but everybody was politically correct, you know, and I said if we act like renegades, I think we're going to make our mark. And you know how hard it is to make it on a day. You could—it's—it was almost impossible. The signal would die at five o'clock. Right. That gave the other stations time to whip our tails. Right. And it didn't happen. And what happened was they were making XRT was right next door to us, right in that same building. They were making two hundred bucks a minute in nineteen ninety two. We were making twelve because we were the little brother. They didn't know if we were going to make it or not. By the end of the first year, we were both making two hundred bucks a minute, and our ratings were through the roof. I could have done anything. I could have run around the building naked. They, and the same with the other guys. We, we, we were, we were, we were good. That crew was well thought out, and it was a good crew.
2: Earlier, you mentioned uh, you were. I can't remember who. You it trimmed you were. the beard, by the way. Not yet. I need to. It looks but, like yeah. you trimmed
0: it. Oh, thank you. I don't you. want you to use that and lose <laughs> that western
2: feel. <laughs> you mentioned that you uh, were cheering for somebody thirty years ago, and then you had him on your show, and it was surreal. I think Stu and I feel a little bit like that right now. Like oh, we've been, sure. we were listening to you back oh, in the cool. day. I meet uh, a lot of
0: people like that. I, my dad tells me you were great. How old are you? Twelve. Well, then the last time I was on Chicago. Right? In fact, I met him at your place. His name was JT. I says, I'll tell you what. I'll be. I did ESPN one thousand for a couple days. I called the kid up. I said, now you get to hear me. Oh wow! Yeah, because you know you guys were youngins. Yeah. I And mean, how old are you guys? How old are you, Stu? I'm forty four. Okay. I'm fifty. Yeah. Okay, so I'm six. I'm 15 years yeah. older than you guys, so yeah. yeah. I was filling your head with you pure were. thoughts. You were. That's why I am like I am today. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. I'm so proud.
1: I can't tell you how many times me and my brother used to hop in my dad's truck, go to work, drive all the way to Chicago, get to the job site. I really didn't want to get out of the truck and start working. Thank you. And I'm listening to Mike, and yep. I'm like, hey, yep. give me another five minutes. i got to listen to Mike. Because I'd know? be
0: burying <laughs> somebody or something. Yeah. Here's the thing. You, Pete Palumbo was a good friend of mine. And he was, uh, the earth moves with Palumbo. They had the orange, big semis out here. <laughs> they're called Orange Crescendo. He had like 30, 40 trucks. They weren't allowed to listen to anything except the score. Yes. And especially when I was on, he goes, not one of you better change the channel. That's how much the regular guy loved the score. And they're missing that in a big way today, I think. I think that... I wanted to try, I tried to get another sports station, I almost did, too bad I couldn't pull it off, because I would do the same thing, because now, it's so docile, and that's why podcasts like these are doing better now, people are turning to something else, they can hear the same crap, you know, on Chicago radio, no matter what channel they turn, there's nobody distinguishing themselves, so that's what they're doing.
1: I do got one quick question, um...
0: Take remember, your time, handsome. Remember, Look at you.
1: I remember when we uh, was listening to the score. Then I'd switch over to Man Cow, and then I'd switch back to you. I'd kind of get. How you mi- doing, brother? My name's Man Cow. How you doing, kid? Good
0: guy, a, Man Cow's a good yeah, guy. I thought
1: it was ironic when you guys started working together. We started working how, together. I watched that on TV, and I watched, Yeah, yeah. How was that work with Man
0: Cow? Here's what Man Cow, Man Cow. knew that I was on the outs with a lot of the uh, gatekeepers, if you will. And Mancow is now on the outs with the same gatekeepers. And when I retired, it's sort of funny. I call him Eric off the air. You're the only one allowed to do that, brother. I go, yeah, thanks, tough guy. <laughs> and I, 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 go, uh, I go, listen. He go, he, I retired, and he says, this is a sad day. Sad day that you retired. A few months later, his station goes out of business, and he gets knocked out. I go, sad day. You, and, and when you see people get replaced that do good in the ratings, how can you trust your bosses? So so that, to me, is a breakdown of radio. Um, you have guys that are in the top ten that get replaced by somebody else because the boss maybe de- can't, is less comfortable with him. It's all a bunch of crap now. It's all about politics. Back then it was about winning, winning and making the most money and doing the best thing. And that's you know what I try to tell the young guys when I talk to them. If you want to be like everybody else, say, Trubisky's good, Cutler is good, the Cubs are good, the White Sox aren't going to be that good, the Bulls are going to rebuild and tank. Say the same thing as everybody else. You'll make 10 cents on the buck. That's what you'll do. Period. And I didn't do that. All right.
1: That's what makes you Mike. That's why I'm about, here with right? Billy. That's why I'm out here with Bill
0: Redden, the stage coach. Billy and I are starting a bar. We're going to open a bar. It's going to be called the Pony Express. I'm gonna have like the uh, the hat sideways, you know the hat we used to flip. I- I- I'm to come up. How you doing? Can I help you? And Billy's gonna be in the back cooking, and he's gonna be with the with the, he's gonna have the gun like a sh- a shotgun guy on the stagecoach. My God,
2: that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we get, we have to uh, we do have to end here. Is that uh, it? That's it. I love when the radio goes. It's, uh, that means it's, so it's a fast. good show,
0: Stu. Uh, and and when the radio goes fast, it really does. It's yeah. I mean it went good. I liked it. I yeah. I felt comfortable with you guys. I'm worried. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, we'll have to do it again then. Hey, man, good job out there at, uh, oh, at the at Cup 400, I mean, right. uh, and it's good you got a radio show. I'm going to invite you over whenever we have an event. If you can't come, you can't come, but if you want to come, you're welcome. <laughs> man, you know? The thing goes, I never thought it was going to end. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was waiting to make hotel reservations. <laughs> I can't make it home tonight. Yeah, Yeah, they're getting to the hors d'oeuvre, though. Yeah, take care. You I, know?
1: I wanted to bring up something. This does do Go ahead. Keep but it I up. Got, I got a question for you because I always thought, like, the the whole radio situation, you know, mm-hmm. um, with you leaving the score, yeah. I know it's everybody thinks it's such many many people involved, you know, because there's all these different stations. But mm-hmm. still, I, I kind of felt like you got blackballed. Is that is that the case or no? Well, Did you,
0: just, you know, you know, like never say, to, you never you never want to say that, but you know what? There's certain people. I, I think the teams weren't happy with me. I think that uh, you know, there's certain stations. Now the worst thing that ever happened was when somebody one person can own eight stations. And if that one person knows somebody that owns eight other stations and he can say, hey, you know what, don't hire Bill Guerin, you know, then there's 16 stations. I will never say that. All I'm going to say is while I wasn't back blackballed, I made more money than anybody else. Right. I saved it. I, well, not all of it. I spent half of it. <laughs> but I made more money than anybody else. Now everybody's working at 10-cent-odd-dollar. So the time I came was fine. I don't think I am. I think sooner or later... The wheel turns. Maybe they're not ready for my style. Now we'll see what happens. Who knows? I may be on this year. I'm on radio now. Yeah, I'm sorry. on with you guys. Friends, yeah, podcasting <laughs> is big, and I don't mind it. Podcast. I'm with the Bears Bar Room now. I'm with you guys. I'm with Mike at the movies. There's always something to have fun with. Bears Bar Room. What's that? That's podcast. Song? That's a Bears podcast oh, called really? Bears Bar Room. You could check it out. I'm a, I'm I'm a partner now with them. Okay. Um I'll Uh,
1: check that out for sure.
0: Yeah, Bears Bar Room, and it's Aldo Gandhi and myself and some great guys. Uh, you you got got Coach Phil, and you got a lot lot of really good content. Yeah, we do. We put a lot of content up and stuff, so I'm very fortunate. So, yeah, I'm very happy. And I got it made. I'm with you guys. Where am I going? Nobody's going to mess with me when I'm with you two guys. (laughs)
2: That's right. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. We appreciate it. No problem.